Hey there, Live Like Your Nail Color gals. If you've been listening in the last few weeks, you know we're in the middle of an episode miniseries on women's essential relationships. One of those relationships is with adult children when something has happened and your relationship is estranged. Last week's conversation with Tina Gilbertson, psychotherapist and author of Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child, was so rich that I decided to split it into two parts. In part one, we discussed common reasons why estrangement happens with an adult child and four things you can do starting today to put yourself on the path of reconnection. In part two, Tina offers five specific things not to do if you have an estranged child and also some real stories of reconciled relationships, plus an unexpected takeaway that applies to all of us, whether you are currently in a situation with an estranged child or not. But first, before we dive into our conversation, have you taken my quiz yet to determine your nail color persona? In part one, Tina reveals that she's a naked Nelly persona, totally naked, meaning fingers and toes, and totally authentic. Her persona really comes through in our conversation. Now, for you to discover your nail color persona, all you have to do is go to livelikeyournailcolor.com. Answer a few quick questions and in your results, discover your specific nail color persona, your built-in strengths, and how to tap into those strengths when chip happens. Again, go to livelikeyournailcolor.com. Now let's pick up where we left off last week. Tired of so much chip happening? Discouraged by so much downer news? Weary from chronic crisis? Don't let the chips keep you down. Welcome to the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast, where the tips of your fingers and toes are ready to inspire you to not give up and to keep creating the business, career, and life you want. In each episode, we flip the chip and let our fun nail color with that crazy fun name cheer us on to remember our strengths, embrace the power of choice, see life as an adventure, and know resilience is only a touch-up or change-up away. Get ready for a good time and a good laugh with your host, Mary Foley. Okay, so we've talked a lot. You've shared very openly and very graciously about what to do. I'm curious, what should any parent not do if they have an estranged adult child? Like, like, like stop the presses, time out, yeah. do these things. This is not going to make it any better. Right. Well, I can uh, share with you some uh, articles that I've written about this because there's probably more than we have time to cover uh, on the show, but I, I've written a lot about about this. But I'll just say a couple. Uh, don't keep reaching out to your child who's estranged without developing an understanding of, of why this happened. Because the lack of contact is not the problem that we need to solve. The lack of contact is a symptom of the problem that we need to solve. So continually reaching out, in some cases, actually will do more harm than good. In other cases, it won't make a difference, or, but mostly it, it, it's not. Uh, and, and also the other thing is when you reach out and you don't get a response, it's, it beats you down over time to be rejected and rejected and rejected and just feel worse and worse about yourself and your child. Yeah, I, I could think that's the first thing I would want to do too. Well, let me just keep reaching out. Let me just keep, maybe this is response, right? And you're saying, of course. at best, you'll get neutral, which is really not what you want. You're trying to get positive, right? At that's best, right. At best, you get neutral, but more likely it's going to go on the negative side. So that's yeah. right. So let's bring some self-compassion to that for just a moment. Of course, 
I want to reach out. Right. I'm hurting right. right now. I miss my child and I'm scared that if I don't reach out, he or she will be lost forever. And this is the only thing I know to do. So, of course, I'm doing this and, you know, I'm human. So that's the self-compassion piece. Uh, I would say don't expect your child to know how to solve this. Mm. <laughs> Yet you can't be the one to help them solve it right away, immediately, probably either. Well, you can become the one to help them solve it by taking the time to educate yourself and heal from any injuries that are keeping you from seeing what the problems are or keeping you from stepping outside of the problem. So don't expect your child to know. I often talk to parents who say, well, does she want me to do this or should I ask him if if we can do uh, a call once a month or should I uh, ask her? And, and you you might get an answer, but my experience with people on the other side of estrangement is, you know, all they know is I need some distance. I, I don't want this. I don't want that. But I think it's just a human thing. We know very well what we don't want, but we know less about what we actually do want or what to tell people to do. We, we say, don't do that. Don't do that to me. I don't like it. Well, what do you want me to do? I don't know. I don't just know. Do I don't that. have a picture of that. Right. Yeah. yeah, just don't do that. Yeah. So uh, your child may not know how to solve the problem. Don't assume that the problem is all about the past and that your child hasn't forgiven you and is holding a grudge. And if they could just get over something that happened in the past, you could get back to having a relationship. That is not my experience of, of why people remain estranged. And it doesn't appear to be supported by the research, even though people do talk about childhood issues and stuff like that, of course those are in play. But the most important aspect of the relationship is what happens in the present. So, um, and it may be that your child has already forgiven you. Again, all parents make mistakes. All parents do things that they wish they hadn't done or whatever. But don't assume that your child hasn't forgiven you. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean coming back together. Forgiveness can happen, and estrangement is still in place. So don't don't equate the two, forgiveness with reconciliation. Um, don't assume that conjoint therapy will fix things between you. You know, a lot of parents say, I, I've, I asked my child to go, to, I told my child I will go to therapy with him. And, uh, and as a therapist myself, I say, well, don't, don't be in a hurry to do that. Because when a parent is not ready for parent-adult child therapy, they're in for often a rude awakening. It is not like couples counseling where it's even Stephen and everybody gets to be heard. It's it's very often it's a one-sided deal where the estranged adult child gets to talk all about the things that they were upset with or didn't get from the parent, and the parent is expected to to sit and listen. And it can be a harrowing experience for parents. And if they're not prepared, they're not going to um, uh, react well. And then therapy can just fizzle out. And be, that it, well, that failed. We, we we went to therapy, so. That failed, and now we don't know what to do. Yeah, so that, don't assume. Oh, I, I, I would not want to put myself in that situation. When you said co-joint therapy, I thought, oh, that, why isn't that good? Because you both could talk through it. But no, 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 you're, you're being very clear. This is you about an adult child, and you right. get to sit there and basically get verbally beat up. Yeah. And that's, even that's if, awesome. you know, I mean, that's what it would sound like to me. 
And then, and don't react, which is, boy, that would take a really restrained human to be able to do that. And then walk away or say, well, okay, I'll see you next week so I can get beat up some more. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) right. Exactly. Exactly. And not only don't react, but validate what you're hearing. Oh my God. Validate. Yeah. So it's a very, very tall order. For most humans, I would not be in a hurry to do therapy with your child. I would go to individual therapy. And my position personally, and this is just my opinion, is that a parent can can potentially repair that relationship just using his own therapy, uh, as uh, his own individual therapy to support him in approaching the child effectively. That's that's what I would do. Okay. Uh, And and just lastly, do not give in to powerlessness and hopelessness. You don't have to, if, if, it, if it hurts too much to hope, it's okay to give up hoping for a while. It's totally okay. You've got to take care of yourself. And just because you give up hoping for a while or you, just, or you stop trying doesn't mean you've given up on that relationship forever. Sometimes we need to stop trying because we're exhausted. Yeah. Take just we a just break need, from the process. We need yourself. a break. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to take a break from trying. Yeah. I love these. These are great. I know you have on your website, you've got um, articles under your blog. Um, I'll make sure in the show notes that we include a link to your website, which you know is pretty simple. I love that. It's your name, tinagilbertson.com. Okay. So, but I will still put a link in there because these are um, five really great things of not to do. And I'm sure someone listening, if, if they're going through this, one or more has resonated and they'd love a deeper dive. So we'll, we'll put that on there. I'm, I'm wondering if you, in this spirit of hope, hopefulness, right? <laughs> Could you give us a few stories of parents maybe that you've worked with that reconnected uh, successfully that can give us some inspiration? Sure. Well, first of all, very, I mean, very often the stories of reconnection are about my kid came back. The, the the adult child can come back spontaneously, even in cases where the parent would never imagine in a million years that they would hear from their child. And one day the child, you know, adult children have work to do as well when the relationship with their parent has gone gone south and and some of them do the work and then they call. They they come back into relationship. And this can happen to anyone. It really, really can. So I, I hear about that a lot. That's great. That that they just called. They're becoming more, those children are becoming more adults themselves. Like not mm-hmm. just chronologically, but they're maturing uh, in yeah. ways that perhaps, by the way, I think, I think about my own situation. I don't think I would have matured in some ways had I not had some distance. And that doesn't mean I was estranged the whole time, but there were times I had, long, you know, we weren't not in connection, but we just weren't o- overly close either. Mm-hmm. And I needed some time to, quote, grow up more or mature more in some ways that I couldn't get from necessarily my relationship with with my parents. That's right. Sometimes parents say, well, why why does she need the space? Why can't she just uh, individuate and, uh, and still call me? Mm-hmm. And I, I understand the question, but it's a it's a question of psychological space, especially when there's been enmeshment or just a very even a very just a close relationship. Yeah. Sometimes we need psychological space to separate from our parents. A lot of us go away to college or we yep. we move to Europe for whatever. Uh, and that's considered normal and nobody notices right. that, a, that young adults are doing that. But that's geographic space is is one way to do it. 
I'm I'm remembering a, a woman who had three kids, and all of them were estranged to different degrees. And that's that's a thing. If you have more than one estranged adult child, you're not alone. And those estrangements should be treated differently. Sometimes people ask me, uh, you know, what should I do? Should I write a letter to my kids? And I would look at each relationship individually. But this mom, she really took to heart this notion of trying to understand from the child's point of view. And first she had to get some therapy, go inside, find compassion for herself and forgive herself for things that she was holding against herself in parenting. Mm. And once she had done a, a certain amount of personal work, she started on the easiest child, the one who was not quite as estranged as the others. And little by little, over the course of a couple of years, she repaired each of those relationships wow. successfully. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and that is by far the most common way that people do. And I hear regularly from parents who have managed to reconnect with their kids. They There's a certain point at which the parent takes ownership of the problem and says, I am going to figure this out. And you have to overcome shame to do it because shame says, don't look there. This isn't your fault. This is your kid is being bad to you. And then you don't deserve this. And 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 maybe that's true, by the way, but but you don't want to give in to shame. Yeah. You don't want to, to, to hide under the covers because shame says you are worthless. If you if you accept that you have any role or part in this, if you even take responsibility for fixing it, it means you're terribly bad and you should be ashamed of yourself. And that is the most damaging messaging that we can carry around in our heads. That's just a lie, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Lie. You know, again, going back to my own situation uh, with, with my marriage, you know, it was, it wasn't one or the other. It was an and. It wasn't just, exactly. it wasn't just me. It was an, it was an, it was an and. That didn't give him excuse for being abusive. And it didn't oh. give me an out to say not to work on my own stuff. You know, right. it, it's, it does take two. It just really does. And so um, I I love that. Good, good for that gal that you've worked with and, and that success, because, you know, the promise or the hope here too, is that the relationship actually comes together better than ever. Yes. With more depth, with more understanding, with more compassion. I mean, that's the hope is that it doesn't just pick up where it, the estrangement started. It actually has the opportunity to fast forward and be even better as an adult to adult. That's right. But what's going to happen is the new relationship is going to be very much a reflection of the parent's relationship with herself or himself. Mm. So the more you can find that self-compassion during estrangement while your child is away, the more you can work on healing and really finding that love for yourself, the more loving and compassionate uh, your relationship will be on the other side. And I should say this, most estrangements are temporary. Research has shown that. Mm, Most estrangements are temporary. You can have hope that this will end, but you want it to be, you want to be doing something in the meantime, rather than sitting on your hands and waiting. Because you don't want to be the same person your child left before, Mm. because they don't want to come back necessarily to that same person. They left, even if they've done substantial work, you don't want them to have to be working to be in relationship with you. I think it'd be kind of fun to surprise them too. Just saying, right? Yes. You know, I mean, yes. you actually go to like, not only just this, the, the, 
maybe the easy, more easygoing or something like that. But like, oh, look, because the work that I, you decide to take on a particular hobby or do an initiative or all of a sudden, like, you know, decide like I did a couple of years ago. Oh, I'm going to bike, you know, a hundred miles in the century. Like do something that would be so surprising to them uh, that that is the, that external aspect that kind of would uh, really make them go, huh? Wow. This isn't the right. mom I remember. Isn't she cool since I last left? <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Because people don't, we don't think our parents can change. Our parents are just stuck in our minds as, you know, <laughs> they'll never true? change. They are who they are. Yeah. Right. And and so not only can you have fun surprising them, you can also be a role model for change and for personal growth. Yeah. They can see, oh, wow, my own parent was able to turn things around and not be X, Y, Z anymore or to be more A, B, or C. Maybe I can do it too. So it's just a beautiful thing. It's for everything you do for you, you also do for them. Oh, that's a that's a good one to remember. Because I know that that mom connection with every single child is so deep. You know? Yes. I mean, obviously it started right as they came into the world. Uh right. You know, it's so it just is, it's almost like you, you can you know it, but you can't even completely describe it. Right. right. And so yeah. um, and going back to what you said earlier, never forget the kind of impact right. you have on your child, the power of and you, that unique relationship. No one can be your mom. No one. Right. No and you one. can't also you can't expect to be in charge of someone for 18 years and in control of everything they you know eat and wear and do. And then and then when they're, you know, a year later and they're an adult, suddenly your peers I mean, psychologically, that's built in. It's yeah. built in. There's a, there's a hierarchical relationship in a way that, yeah. that, that never quite goes away. Well, okay. So what if nothing works, right? You, you, you do what you've suggested. It just feels like anyway, nothing works, right? And Or you've done a lot of work on yourself at the, and there's still this estrangement that's happening. What do you suggest for a parent to do then? Because I, I guess I'm getting at, is it ever too late, do you feel like? Uh, I don't feel like it's ever too late. I actually heard from a father who, after 25 years of estrangement from his daughter, was was finding a door opening a crack. So it is, but, you know, hopefully that's not, most estrangements don't last 25 years, but it's never too late. But when people feel like nothing is working, usually what they're trying is not working, you know, and, and people will say, I've tried everything except what they haven't tried is some of the things we talked about, really understanding from the child's point of view, developing their own um, self-compassion and and so on. But when you are on this great path, you can sense and feel and you know that you are uh, in a good place and doing the right things and, and the relationship is not coming back together. There is another element to estrangements and that is time. Sometimes it's it, it, it's not the season yet. It may be because the estranged adult child hasn't done the work, or it may be that in their lives, they've had to put troubled relationships on the back burner because their lives are way too full of immediate concerns. Maybe it's small children that they're raising or work concerns or they're moving or whatever. It's not always time to reconnect, even if they are ready and even if they want to on the adult child side, reconnecting with a, a family member after, you know, any period of time really is not a simple, straightforward matter. 
it's it takes energy and attention that that maybe not not there at the moment so have respect for i would say the the timing and the fact that you can't really control that you can only control how ready you are to enter a new relationship one of the things i also i think it could take heart in is that well i i'm doing my part and i'm doing the work on myself and i don't know any situation where no matter what is the 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 chip in their life that's happened in this case an adult child being estranged that if when you do work on yourself you always get a benefit absolutely right so it's it's never wasted no you know so that so so that even if it, you you waited a long time mm-hmm. then you know then you still got all those those that time in between where you you've done a lot of work on yourself and you you've enjoyed the benefit of that exactly you didn't actually wait all that time it's not yeah. like you were sitting and drumming your fingers at a bus stop mm-hmm. you were living your life you were growing and healing and changing and experiencing your life and that's that's what we want that's what i want for estranged parents not to ignore the fact that they're estranged not as a distraction from being estranged but because we only get the one life mm. and we need to live it i love that wow you know as we have been talking and I've been obviously sharing some things from my past and, and, uh, well, I could share some things from my future, right? I just, I don't, (laughs) but anyway, (laughs) um, it just occurs to me as we're talking and, and I want to, I want to share this because the, every gal listening could, could, could benefit, which is we're all adult children too. And some of us at this age and stage, our parents are still with us and some of us, they're not, or one might be, but I'm, you know, I I couldn't help but think about times as an adult, younger adult child, what I put my parents through, okay, (laughs) what I needed for my own development that, um, and, and, and what impact that had and what moments that um particularly i'm thinking of my mom uh, where she said things and did things where i realized she had done some of her own work and i thought mm. i was just thinking about that going you know what we we uh if we have a child an adult child who is estranged that's obviously the primary reason we're, we're having this conversation but there's things here we can learn and reflect for Every single gal listening, because we've been an adult child. Yeah, we are adult children. And we are adult children. Right, exactly. We still are. Even if our parents are no longer with us, we are still adult children. So we have been through this path. And to say, you said, you know, most every adult child at some point has some sense of estrangement or at least some distancing may not last very long. But. I think we've got to remember that's part of a, a, a process too. Like that self-compassion comes up. We needed to, we wished our own parents sometimes probably <laughs> at some point would have just said, okay, I got it. We're cool. Right. Well, and that, that is kind of an issue too. Thinking about what, what our own parents said and did, as opposed to what our children are getting from us, that can actually be a little bit of a tough pill to swallow because I, I talked to a lot of people whose parents were 
pretty tough. Mm -hmm. And yet they never cut them off. And and then here they are, and they were much, much nicer to their child, or they tried to be, and now their child has cut them off. So there's a real sense of unfairness. Like, how is this, mm. how is this right? You know, I put up with a lot from my mom. And so why isn't my daughter putting up with even a little from me? It it can be very confusing. The intergenerational piece is is tough because there's a sense of a, like an emotional bank account where my you know my parents withdrew from my bank account and now I get to get deposits from my kid isn't that how it works and no unfortunately it it for many it isn't mm -hmm. so it's just it's very it's truly unfair yeah it is truly unfair i was thinking that thing about compassion and, and in that we've had so much change in decades i mean when we think about that those are our parents who may, uh, you know, I'm 58. So my parents are in their late eighties. Okay. And they were born during the depression and didn't actually experience the depression in the same way because they were infants and young little kids. Right. But then they, you know, they definitely under remembered that and they had the world war two and then in the United States, you know, the, the boom of the fifties and then the civil change in the sixties and civil rights. Um, and then we could go on from there. But when we think about how much, in the last 40 years has changed in culture and in the world and how the, 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 the processing of that, you know, for, by, and on everybody, it's yes. a lot as it is to, to, to do and to say, well, my parents did this, you know, our parents, you know, my, my, and, and then therefore I should expect, you know, that, as if, because that that would be a constant when everything else has changed, right? It doesn't really make sense. But emotionally, we want predictability. We, we do. want to have um, this sense of, uh, well, just wants kind of like this safety, and that things are going to be okay. And I think that's yes. what it gets at. And and you know, so life isn't fair, right? And we get all wrapped around the axle. But when I not only realized but accepted that that uh and what was my definition of fair anyway <laughs> that, yeah but what i really had to get at right okay and it was all about my expectations and if i could just adjust that and understand it and go deeper it was so it's, it's been easier and by the way life still continues to change so i still have to check in with myself on these things again and again Right. And, you know, we're so, as a society, we, we kind of speak out of both sides of our mouths when it comes to life isn't fair, because we teach children about fairness and how important it is in sports <laughs> and everything else. Then we cut the cookie in half because each kid gets a half. There's two kids and we want things to be fair. And so then when we are crying because it's not fair, people or we ourselves will say, well, life's not fair. Just deal with it. Well, what do you mean? I mean, here I thought fairness was important. And now you're telling me I cannot expect that. It's just, I want people to have compassion for themselves if they feel angry about life not being fair. I think it's okay to be upset about that because yes, we want things to be fair. We all really do. We want the good guy to win in the end and the bad guy to go to prison. Right. <laughs> That's how things it's are true. supposed to work. Yeah. So I, I just want to say that it's okay to want that. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate that. I, I was, and, and that's another form of compassion, self-compassion. Exactly. And, and I was thinking about self-compassion in terms of let's give ourselves a little bit of a break about how much change 
And I'm not talking just from the pandemic party. I'm talking about the longer view of decades and decades that we've been on this planet. I mean, that in and of itself, we kind of like, it, we think that it's just happening now. It's been happening our whole lives, but I do think it's been speeding up and it's yeah. harder to do when it's faster, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. When our kids showed up, that it was already at a particular speed, and then it just got faster for them, right? Right. And parents talk a lot about generational differences, and there are obviously generational differences in expectations between children and parents. But but I, I think the best way to think about that and not get bitter about what adult children are are wanting from parents nowadays that we didn't want from our parents or didn't even know to want – The way I think about that is we know a lot more now about the impact of, um, you know, the benign emotional neglect, I'll say, uh, that that parents of of yesteryear tended to raise kids with. I mean, my parents were concerned with making sure that I was a good citizen, making sure I had clothing and food, you know, these kind of basics of parenting. They did not know the term self-esteem when I was a kid. They didn't know emotional literacy. They didn't know the words for lots of emotions. They just didn't know those things. And so, and I had no expectations that they would. People growing up nowadays have a lot more education. There's a lot more information available, not just for them, but for us. Two, now we can kind of step into our emotional needs because we all have them. So it's not a one-way street. It's not just, oh, you got to give this to your kids. Sorry, you didn't get it, but now you got to give it. Well, we can go after it too. We can get our emotional needs met. It's a good point. I, I appreciate you bringing that up. And uh, it kind of ties back into the educational piece that you said earlier and that you can yeah. speak some more education and to understand, but we have it available now. We have right. made so much progress in that. So I guess that also means that uh, your nail color persona is not enough. Okay, <laughs> It's just not enough, but it's a really good starting place. And it's a, just right. you know, on the tip of your fingers or toes, you got a little reminder of, of who you are. We have to wrap this up. And, and, and I have so enjoyed this conversation because it could have been such a downer and so weighty, but you've made yeah. it very accessible and hopeful. I, I really love that. Uh, that's a naked Nelly right there. You're authentic. <laughs> you just said it like it is, but you're very compassionate in, in doing that. I know um, as a naked Nelly, you don't generally wear nail color, but I just want you to imagine if you could create a nail color name, they don't even have to create the, the the color, but just the name to inspire us to reconnect with an estranged adult child. What would that name be? I think it would have to be self-compassion cinnamon cookie. <laughs> I love the cinnamon cookie part. Okay, self-compassion. <laughs> We've talked a lot about that. So I'm really getting that, reminding ourselves self-compassion. Cinnamon cookie. Tell me a little more about that. Well, it's sweet. It's a color. I mean, cinnamon is sort of a color. I was looking for something with a color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. It, you know, cinnamon actually is a very good. Um, it's warm. It's warm. Right. And I was going to, it's the spice. It also is a, a spice that helps boost our immune system. Just like self-compassion. Just like self-compassion. I know. So I love that you picked cinnamon cookie. I love it. And I was just thinking like, Whenever you bake cookies, if you bake in your house, 
Mm -hmm. uh, you smell it. And if there's cinnamon on it, you're like, it is wafting throughout the whole house, which is why that company years ago called Cinnabon was so dang successful. They'd be in these mm -hmm. enclosed malls and then just pump out oh that my gosh. smell. And you'd be like, yep. I got to go. I got to go. You know, and you, yeah, it was the cinnamon. It was the cinnamon. It was on a bun versus a cookie, but I'm not telling you right there. I don't know if they're still around. Or not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But if they are, you know, that might be a good mnemonic. Every time you're at the mall and there's a cinnamon and you smell the cinnamon, you go, "Oh, I should be compassionate to myself." <laughs> Except if you're like, um, like, well, no, I'm really trying to cut my carbs. But anyway, right. you know, <laughs> I love that though. Uh, Self compassion cinnamon cookie. Um, for those who would like to get in touch with you, find out more about you, um, what is the best way they can do that? I think that the very best place to start if you are estranged from one or more of your estranged adult children is probably with my book, Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child. If the book speaks to you, um, I have a podcast as well. It's called the Reconnection Club Podcast, and you can find that wherever you find your podcasts. Um, so there's a lot of information in the book and on the podcast. And if those speak to you, then I also have um, the Reconnection Club uh, online library and uh, community for people who have read the book and are walking that path of repairing their relationships. So that's at reconnectionclub.com. Uh, excellent. I'm going to put all the links to that in the show notes. Um, I think you are very generous with your what you do know, and 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 I found your website to really be easy to follow and, and and find. I love the fact that you not only have a podcast, you're, you have a, a book that is also just so like that would be a great foundation starting place. Yes. To use it, go back to again and again. The podcast is ongoing, you know, I in inspiration, but then the club with others who are going through it as well. Mm. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that because there's only so many patients and people you can work with one-on-one -on -one and right. this is accessible. Uh, so much more easily, you know, across the a country and I'm sure other parts of the world. So thank you for that. And thank you again for your time today. It's just been great. Mary, thank you so much for this conversation. I really appreciate that you and I together could sit down and, and really just talk through some of these issues that affect so many more people than we realize. So thank you for the platform. You're welcome. And now for the after party, I call Flip the Chip where I take a few moments to highlight something my gal pal shared that can help us all flip a challenge or a difficulty that's holding us back into something more positive that can help us move forward. What I want to highlight today are Tina's five things not to do if you are currently estranged from an adult child. Number one, don't keep reaching out to your child without understanding why this happened. The lack of contact is not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem. Continually reaching out in some cases will do more harm than good. In other cases, it won't make a difference. Plus, it beats you down over time, again, feeling rejected over and over and over. Number two, don't expect your child to know how to solve this. Often, they don't know what they want or need. You can be the one to help solve this by taking the time to do the work on yourself, to reflect, and to heal. Number three, don't assume the problem is all about the past. Tina said the most important aspect of a relationship is what happens in the present. And your child may have forgiven you without you knowing it. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean coming back together. 
Number four, don't assume that conjoint therapy will fix things. It's not like couples counseling where everyone gets to be heard. It's very often one-sided where the estranged child gets to talk about all the things they're upset with and the parent is expected to just sit there and listen, validate what the child has said, and really have no opportunity to respond. And number five, don't give in to powerlessness and hopelessness. If it hurts too much to hope for a time, it's okay. Sometimes we just need to stop trying because we're exhausted. We can pick it up again later. You can dive into each of these ideas more on Tina's website, tinagilbertson.com, and in her book, Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child, Practical Tips and Tools to Heal Your Relationship. Of course, you can also use your nail color to cheer you on by simply putting on a new nail color and giving it the name Self-Compassion Cinnamon Cookie, as Tina suggested, so that every time you look at your fingers or toes, you're reminded to show yourself some sweet, warm compassion as you work through this difficult situation. You can make good choices to keep creating the career, business, and life you want, one step, one nail color at a time. Look forward to being with you next time on the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast. Thanks for listening to the Live Like Your Nail Color podcast. Ready to live and laugh more? Know a friend who could use some of that too? Then subscribe at livelikeyournailcolor.com or your favorite podcast app and share this episode right now with the person who popped into your mind. Together, let's flip the chip to be stronger, smarter, and happier. Oh,